Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, March 9th, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Timonini. <laughs> and I'm Arts and Culture Red Ashley Steves. No, you're not. Just no. you know who you are. You don't have to read the script. But, but you know, it's just like old times. It is. It is like old times because, James, six years ago today, probably right around this very minute, I said for the first time, welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, March 9th, 2016. At the time, I was Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. Um And so this is our sixth anniversary episode of Today on Broadway. In some ways, it feels like it was just yesterday. In other ways, it feels like I've been doing this for 30 years. Um, not a bad thing either way. It just feels like it has always been a part uh, of my life. So I appreciate you not only joining me for this episode today, but also for coming up with this idea and asking me to be a part of it more than, you know, 60% of a decade ago, uh, which is crazy to say. And it's been a, a fun and interesting journey. And um, I, it has changed and, and bettered my life in many, many ways over the past six years. Oh, that's very kind of you to say, Matt. But I, I as I tell Anybody who will listen to me, if it weren't for Matt Tamanini, there would be no Broadway radio anymore. I, I I could not have moved forward without your help. Could not have. I I, I don't believe you, but I appreciate you saying that nonetheless. Um, uh, if, but, if, if we go over to WordPress, how many episodes do you have? Um, it's getting close to 1,500, yeah. Which 15? is, yeah. How stupid are we? We're very stupid. We're very, very stupid. Like Dumb and Dumber. The Broadway yes. version. <laughs> uh, Broadway, uh, Ken Davenport is producing the musical version. Um, yeah, no, it, it is an insane amount of podcast episodes. And not, of course, not all of those are today on Broadway's. Obviously, I've done a fair share of interviews and other things, but the vast majority of those have been today on Broadway episodes. And it's been a it's been a thrilling journey over the past uh, over the past six years. And who knows what the future holds? Uh, we will see if it's another six or another 60 years. Uh, we kind of take it day by day. But for mm-hmm. now, we've got another episode to do, James. So uh, before we get into that, we do want to tell you, if you want to keep us doing today on Broadway and all the other stuff that we do here at Broadway Radio, it's not me that keeps us alive. It is you. So head over to patreon.com slash Broadway wave radio and join our little patreon family all right james let's get into the news and first up a show that i feel like we've been discussing on today on broadway for feel for what feels like the entirety of our run has finally announced official performance dates as the newly rechristened musical the griswold's broadway vacation will be playing seattle's fifth avenue theater from september 10th through october 1st before heading to houston's theater under the stars from october 25th through November 6th. That's like two weeks. Very odd mm, yeah. run times here for Out of Towns. But the show is hoping to use these tryouts for a planned Broadway engagement at some point in the future. Today on Broadway's aforementioned favorite producer, Ken Davenport, is behind the show, which features a book, music, and lyrics by the other Josh Cohen team of David Rossmer and Steve Rosen, also early, early guests on Tell Me More. Um, and the direction and choreography is by Donna Fiore. In late 2019, you know, just a few months before the pandemic, Carrie Butler, Will Swenson, John Ellison Conley, John Bailman, Asmaret Geber-McKell, Jeff Hiller, and more were part of an industry reading of the show. But with Carrie back on Beetlejuice and Will doing the Neil Diamond show, no word yet on who will be a part of these productions, James. Now, it seems like one of those weird, crazy, why would they make a musical out of this kind of ideas? 
But I don't know about you, but for me, with Rosmer and Rosen writing the show, I'm inclined to give this musical more than an average amount of benefit of the doubt, uh, despite Ken Davenport's involvement. So I'm cautiously optimistic about this one working out, James, and I'm interested to see what happens in Seattle and Houston. Who do you think is going to play Sparky? <laughs> I don't know. Is the is the dog who played... Uh, uh, Sandy in the last revival of Annie still alive. If not, maybe the goat from uh, Once on This Island. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, Ken is uh, on both coasts with new works. Uh, it, it's uh, it's it's going to be a very, uh, a very busy time at Davenport Theatrical Ventures. And this one's interesting because, I, like, this is different than something to me than, like, I don't know, Mrs. Doubtfire or even Beetlejuice, where... You're taking something that like, you know, you're making a musical that kind of feels like the film, um, but like to do a Broadway vacation, one, it's a new story. It's not like the story from the mm -hmm. films. It's a takeoff with the Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo characters, um, Clark and the other, I don't remember Beverly's character's name, um, but like you kind of have to know that this is almost a bit of a satire on the whole vacation franchise if you're going to make this work because you can't just do a straight i mean not that those movies are straight anything they're comedies but you have to kind of know with a little bit of winking that this is kind of a ridiculous prospect in and of itself oh absolutely and uh and, and let's hope that uh, that's what they're gonna go for i mean it makes total sense when you say it out loud of course uh, let, let, let's hope that that's where they're headed. But I mean, David Rossmer and Steve Rosen, they're, they're oh, really, great. they're just awesome. We just love them. Yep, absolutely. All right, James, uh, a tale as old as time here on Broadway Radio. Let's talk about last week's Broadway grosses. And there is a bit of a regression to the mean this week as the five-week-long Broadway week officially <laughs> ended. That is not a joke. Literally five weeks of Broadway week ended, driving both grosses and capacity down from back-to-back -back season highs. There was a 14% dip in capacity from 92% down to 78% and a decrease of $3.2 million. The 19 shows on the main stem grows to $19.7 million, so obviously just over a million bucks apiece, buoyed by such favorites as Hamilton, The Music Man, and others, I am sure. Now, James, those 19 shows will nearly double over the next seven weeks, so the length of the next Broadway week, uh, roughly, um, but they will <laughs> double over the next seven weeks as 16 more shows, as of now, have announced per uh, performances beginning between now and the end of April. Those additional shows will likely also increase the total number of butts in seats, as last week Broadway welcomed 153,269 audience members. Since Broadway reopened last summer, shows have played a collective 4,305 performances at 81% capacity, which is actually more than what they had last week. They've brought in so far $519,521,959 with 4,190,154 total guests in attendance. Now, James, earlier in the week, Ashley and I talked about the changes to the masking requirements in New York City, uh, as well as the Broadway League's response to keep their requirements in place through April. But I'm wondering, as a longtime New Yorker, do you think that the relaxed rules 
in the rest of the city, not just, you know, not the Broadway stuff, which as of now, like I said, will be in place through April 30th. Do you think that that's going to impact tourism or travel into the city at all, especially as, you know, maybe some of the bridge and tunnel folks who might have stayed away because of those things might want to come in and see some of the new shows that are beginning performances between now and the end of April? Well, I, I, so here's here's anecdotal evidence uh, or just an, uh, just a story, an anecdote. Um, so my wife uh, uh, really liked Music Man, and she is taking her sister to go see Music Man on March seventeenth, and um, and she said to me this morning, she said, "Oh, it's it's really great. They they lifted the mask requirements and everything." And I'm like, "Yeah, in New York City, but not in the theaters." So. I still think that there's a lot of information out there that people aren't connecting. Uh, so I, I don't know necessarily if the masking is uh, going to prevent people from coming to New York or if the mask mandate being dropped in New York City and New York State is going to get more people to come to New York. I, I think that what really is going to is is going to drive the day is world events and what's happening in the stock market and inflation and gas prices and the war in yeah. Ukraine and things like that. I think those are going to be more the drivers of increase or decrease in attendance or visitation to New York uh, than mask mandates. Makes sense to me. I'm going to be there anyway, mask or not, and I have no yeah. problem wearing the mask, but I will be there next week, so we'll see what happens. It's really funny because so, uh, so many of our friends uh, that are uh, people who attend the theater a lot that are either in the industry or periphery or fans of the industry, so mm -hmm. many of them have said that uh, they've noticed over the last couple of years that that they've gotten less colds and they're they're not sick as often and things like that. Yeah. And they're going, they're all going to continue to wear a mask uh, in the New York city subways and at Broadway shows, regardless of requirements or not. A lot of people are choosing to continue to wear masks and, uh, yeah. and, and, you know, if that's what makes them happy, I'm, I'm happy to, uh, you know, uh, I'm happy to go along with these things. Yeah. I mean, look, there's there's a reason that they will continue to do that because they work. They work, people. Mm -hmm. yeah. Don't at me. Anyway, <laughs> this, um, going from grosses to a show that does not have to worry about how well it's selling. Um, we already knew that Anna Uzeli would be departing the company of six this Sunday and that Joy Woods would be replacing her as Catherine Parr on Monday. Well, yesterday we got word of more queens coming and going. Also beginning a run on Monday, March 14th, will be Carrie Renee Fuller, most recently of Jagged Little Pill on Broadway. She will be taking over as Jane Seymour, while original queen Abby Mueller takes a medical leave of absence. Hannah Stewart, who has been a part of the show's West End company for over two years, will also join as a swing through April 10th. We still don't know what exactly has prompted Uzeli to depart the company, although she's been teasing something coming. I did think it was kind of interesting that there would be any changeover in cast before the Tonys, but apparently there is. Um, so we'll wait and see what that is all about. I'm sure an announcement of something is coming soon. But obviously we wish Abby a speedy recovery from whatever it is that is ailing her. And James, ironically, not because of this, because it was scheduled long in advance, my brother, niece, and uh, 
my first cousin once removed will be at six on Monday, March 14th to see both Joy and Carrie's first performance. And if judging anything by the first preview that I was at, um, I imagine that there will be a lot of excited fans there to celebrate the occasion of the new Queens coming into the show on Monday. I think they have to bottle that energy that those audiences have at Mm. six. So much. It's so much energy. (laughs) If they could, that could get us through this pandemic, I am sure. All right. So we are beginning to get into awards season. And as is always the case, as we are starting to deal with a lot of the movie awards, and as I mentioned yesterday with Jennifer McHugh, Jen and I will be doing our Wish, Want, and Will Oscar episode in the Patreon feed later this month. But as we turn our attentions to the theatrical awards, generally the first one to always make their presence known are the Olivier Awards. And on Tuesday, the Olivier's announced their nominations. The revival of Cabaret that is star-studded over in London leads all shows with 11 nominations, including one for Tony and Oscar winner Eddie Redmayne, who, from what I understand, will be bringing the show over here as well. Let's run through some of these Uh, Categories. I won't run through all of them, but uh, I'll hit the best actor and actress ones and then the show ones and the rest of them we will have a link to in the show notes. In the best actress in a play category, we have Lily Allen for 222, A Ghost Story, Sheila Atom for Constellations, Emma Corrin for Anna X, and Kush Jumbo for Hamlet. Best actor is Hiran Abasakara for Life of Pi, which I also hear is coming over here, Ben Daniels for The Normal Heart, Omari Douglas for Constellations, and Charles Edwards for Best of Enemies. For Best Actor in a Musical, Ollie Dobson for Back to the Future, the musical, also coming over here. Arinze Kenne for Get Up, Stand Up, the Bob Marley musical, also I heard coming over here. Robert Lindsay for Anything Goes, and Eddie Redmayne for Cabaret. Uh, Best Actress in a Musical, Jessie Buckley, also for Cabaret. Sutton Foster for Anything Goes. She's already run a Tony for that one. Beverly Knight for The Drifter's Girl, and Stephanie McKeon for Frozen. For Best Revival of a Play, A Number, Constellations, The Normal Heart, and The Tragedy of Macbeth. Best Musical Revival, Anything Goes, Cabaret, and Spring Awakening. Best New Play, 222 A Ghost Story, Best of Enemies, Cruise, and Life of Pi. And Best New Musical, Back to the Future, The Drifter's Girl, Frozen, Get Up, Stand Up, The Bob Marley Musical, and Moulin Rouge the Musical. It's always interesting to me, James, because we talked so much over the six years of doing this damn show— we don't always see the transfers of West End musicals to New York, um, but we often see the transfer of West End plays to New York. This year, I've heard so much more buzz about shows happening, uh, shows making that transatlantic trip being musicals uh, than plays. So it's a it's a really interesting thing to look at things like Back to the Future, the Bob Marley musical, um, Cabaret, and, and maybe a few others as well, making that trip, especially when they've got some stars behind them, uh, like Eddie Redmayne and, and Jessica, uh, Jessica Buckley. Yeah, I, uh, well, I, I mean, we did have the British Invasion where we had all, all, all the all the, the the huge mega musicals that yeah. came in. I think it cycles. 30 years ago, yeah. I think it's... I, no, it's not 30 years. No. Yes. Oh, my God. 30 40 five, years ago. 40, 40 years, ago. years ago. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, it is. It is. It's... it's, it's uh, 
you know, poor little Daniel Radcliffe. He he wasn't even he wasn't even a glimmer at the no. At he point. I I looked it up yesterday when we were talking about him and Marilee. He's thirty two. Yeah. So he he Phantom on Broadway is older than Daniel Radcliffe. Yes, exactly. So uh, I uh, I think what you missed here in the Olivier Awards is that. Uh, the best musicals, musical is actually called the MasterCard Best I'm not Musical. Doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing the sponsored <laughs> content on the award names. And uh, the Sir Peter Hall Award for Best Director. I, I guess that's okay if it's named there for a person. Yeah, it's not really, that's okay. That's okay. Let's see. Uh, had some other stuff here. There's others. Uh, oh, yeah. White Light Award for Best Lighting Design. Uh, the Blue Eye Theater Technology Award. The, uh, ooh. What was it? D and B Audio Technic Award for Best Sound Design. I mean, look, <laughs> Mag- we made Magic fun Radio. of it. But I mean, uh, it, it's interesting that that uh, CBS and/or the Tony Awards hasn't right. gone down this road yet. I mean, look, I this is not unusual in the world of sports. Like every um, bowl game, every stadium has a sponsor. I mean, you see it now. Um, it used to be something that was a lot more common in uh, in Europe, but it's happening now here. You're seeing sponsorships on jerseys. So it doesn't bother me. Like we, I'm used to it now. Um, and if it helped keep the Tony Awards on broadcast and available in a mm-hmm. format that we could see all of the awards and maybe do, you know, do the whole idea of the PBS stuff, having more performances or whatever, not like this past year, but actually like a, a longer award ceremony or just keeping it on, you know, CBS proper as opposed to Paramount plus, although I subscribe, um, I would be fine with that. I don't care. Who cares? It's still the best musical award. Who cares what the, the, the random branding is at this point? Yeah, no, the, 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 the Doritos orange bowl, type of thing is is not really <laughs> a problem for me you know no. I, so uh one one award here the noel coward and jeffrey johnson award for best entertainment or comedy play so that is uh jeffrey johnson of johnson liff uh the great broadway casting uh mm. directors who uh jeffrey johnson passed away just about a year ago or so uh and was uh worked extensively uh with newell coward and so it's interesting that they named the olivier awards over there and included jeffrey johnson who is uh, that's lovely yeah that's that's really wonderful all right. Well, let's wrap up with some feel-good recommendations, James. And they are two performances. One is the traditional late-night talk show variety, as David Byrne in the cast of American Utopia uh, performed like humans do on The Tonight Show. And then, to welcome back the queen herself, Patti Lapone, company-released video, official multicam video of Ladies Who Lunch, um, which they re- like, they released the opening number as well. They're releasing this. Release the whole damn pro shot, please. Um, so we will have links to both of those in the show notes. And James, I feel like this is an annual tradition now when we do the anniversary episode. Do you remember what the very first, I got, at the time we didn't call it a feel-good recommendation, but what the first video we recommended on Today on Broadway was? Uh, it was uh, David Hasselhoff and Hamlet. That's very close, actually. It is the brilliant <laughs> Hamilton parody um, Angela Merkel uh, rap video that we did. So we know Germans love David Hasselhoff. So I guess you were kind of on the right train mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Um, the very first story that we talked about was nerds postponing 
in air yeah. quotes, it's Broadway sure. run just that day still waiting. on, still waiting. Um, on March 8th of 2016, nerds announced that while it was in rehearsals, we'd already sent, I, or I had already sent cookies to Patty Murren and the company, um, congratulating them on the show and they had, uh, decided to cancel. So there you go. I don't think you've ever sent me cookies. Uh, that's not true. I have sent you cookies before. I absolutely have. Thank you very much. You don't send me cookies, Neil Diamond. Okay. All right. That is all that we have for today. I love sending people cookies. I've sent you cookies, I think, on multiple occasions, actually. But anyway, um, that is all that we have for this sixth anniversary episode of Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. James, where can people find you? I'm pretty sure Laura must have eaten them and not given them to me and not to me. You know, things like that. That's possible. That's distinct. Or Charlotte or Justin. Definitely. Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. Charlotte. Absolutely. Charlotte. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayVideo.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for spending some of your Wednesday with us and spending the last six years with us. Thank you so much. And uh, somebody will be back and talk with you tomorrow. 